Hey there, what's up, what's up? Happy early spring. <laughs> Bonnie says what's up as well. Hey, Bonnie, I'm trying to record a podcast. Can you relax? Um, so you're gonna hear lots of sounds today and I hope you'll forgive me because I wanna be outside and there's definitely life happening outside. So you might hear car traffic, there's a wall being repaired <laughs> on the edge of my property. Um, and yeah, life's happening. So I hope you're okay with that. And I hope you're doing well. I hope this message finds you well. This is a first solo podcast in a little while. Usually I have guests and guests turn into really juicy conversations. But today I felt drawn to pop on here and have a little spontaneous dialogue with you. Um, you know, inspired by this year, inspired by what's going on, what's going on in my own practice. And maybe this can help you percolate and marinate on what's going on with your practice. But before we get anywhere else, let's just take a breath and land in our bodies. It doesn't matter if you're driving or cooking, whatever it is you're doing is fine. Just take a breath with me. You know, I think today I'd like to have a quick chat with you about joy. And joy is such a slippery thing, such a slippery state. It comes and goes, right? It's very rare, at least in my own life, my own perception, it's very rare to be in a solid state of joy for very long, just because of the nature of energy, the nature of movement. We move away from things and we come back towards things. It's a leaving and a returning. And I think leaving and returning to joy is a really interesting, sometimes painful uh, journey that we go on. You know, right now, because of the nature of the seasonal transition coming into spring and me coming out of a very dark night of the soul, um, I have been very present with this returning to joy sensation. And I feel myself coming back to it. And I don't know how long it's gonna last. I don't know how long uh, joy will visit my home, my home being my body. Um, but it's really interesting when it does because it makes me realize that the, the happiness I think I'm experiencing day to day almost mutes is muted in comparison with heightened states of joy. And experiencing a heightened state, state of joy is such a great anchor because then I can sensationally, somatically, mentally uh, anchor to the feeling and then do things in my daily practices that bring me back to it. And when joy has left, when joy has gone away as a visitor for a long time, it's a little bit harder to anchor into it because I don't have a foothold. I don't have a foothold on it. And, you know, following practices that elicit joy states, um, especially when we get into the cycle of day-to-day -day living, become harder and harder to do. So while I'm near my joy state, while I'm near it, I thought it'd be cool to get a little, um, get a little list down of the things that are part of my life that I think I might forget to do, especially in lowered states, uh, depression, um, the, the mundaneity, the mundane aspects of pandemic living. 
it's funny how the practices that get you closer to joy stop and and they are harder to practice i think Vanessa and I spoke about that in the last podcast episode called Defrosting, how when you don't feel good, it's really hard to do things that make you feel good, just not there. But since I'm close to it, let me share a little bit about what has brought me joy or what has brought me back to my joy um, lately. And of course, the very first thing is fresh air and connecting with this palpable spring. So if you haven't done so, like I highly suggest you get outside and walk up to the closest tree and look at the leaves that are about to sprout. Look at the buds. Look at the things that are about to bloom. Like feel into the beautiful potential energy uh, and the promise and the hope that this part of the season brings. I love to do wandering walks at this time and just look at the things that are changing because winter has been such a dead uh, place for, you know, hibernated place for such a long time, months in fact, that now you can really see change. Things are changing, things are growing. Um, I was delighted in fact, to go into a room in my house that lies dormant all winter because it's too cold. I live in a very old 200 year old home. And I put this ceremonial white sage plant that I grow in season into this room and forgot about it. I didn't think it would survive the winter, um, didn't even really pay it any mind. And then I came in today to that room because it's finally warm enough to open the door. It's like a sunroom. And this plant is showing signs of survival. There is about a third of it that is still green, that is still alive. So I've brought it outside and I've cut away the dead um leaves and the dead uh, parts of it. And I'm hoping that this beautiful warrior plant's going to come back. And it's amazing because I didn't water it. I didn't take care of it. I didn't even hit any mind uh, for a good two months through the winter. And I think it made it. And that really <laughs> brings me back to um, this place of appreciating life, like appreciating that life wants to survive and life wants to thrive and it will go through difficult times when the environment isn't helping <laughs> and it will hunker down and it will find a place to sustain itself and hey now that we have sun and warm temperatures and it has fresh air again and i'm going to bring water to the soil fertilize it it may come back into this thriving plant and that's amazing in fact, I'm going to grab some fertilizer right now, pop it into the soil. So nature, 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 getting outside. The beautiful thing about early spring, at least up here, it's not very packed yet with people out in trails and places where there are folks gathered for sunny things. This is a good time to um, be out and be out where there's less crowds that are gonna make you feel like you wanna get away, especially if you're like me and the pandemic has had a, a long a lasting effect on your sort of social adaptability. <laughs> this is a good time. We went on a hike, my husband and I went on a hike on the weekend and got lost in fact, ended up being a 10 mile hike. Ugh, my joints were not happy about it, but we didn't see a single human being for a couple of hours, which is pretty incredible and very rare. 
so nature, nature brings me back, brings me back to joy. Nature is incredible. Like seeing my first squirrel of the year. It's incredible. It's so cool seeing my first snake of the year, which would have terrified me before. Um, connecting with that, connecting with life returning, renewing. Um, this is a good time of year to connect back to your joy. The other thing, of course, that brings me into joy state is really non-judgmental, non-performative movement and dance. So putting on those playlists that elicit nostalgia, that make you want to move for the sake of joy of movement, just for the sake of feeling your body move and maybe getting a little goofy with it and maybe pulling out those dance moves that you haven't touched in 10, 20, 30 years. And the gram, you know, see and capitalize on your own joy. Cause sometimes we see our joy in our bodies and then we can double that joy. It's like, wow, I see my joy. It's amazing. It's a mirror. So video is a really good mirror, but those dance breaks that I take throughout the day, I tend to do at least two. I should bring in a night movement because I really love night movement practice. It's, it's more sensual. Get up and you're making your breakfast or you get up and you're in the bathroom, put on one song and just move to it. The morning movement can wake you up. It can bring blood flow, breathing, get you excited for your day, really changes your energetic state out of, out of sleeping. And then a lunch break movement, something that you can do when you need to take a break from your work, middle of the day, like move, get into feet, rhythmic stuff, less about the movement of the spine. Although my friend Marla Fiskin would probably highly encourage spinal movement. I tend to like to just feel um, easy uh, footwork dancing. And, you know, if I do feel really stiff, a couple of stretches are fabulous. Um, but a lunch day movement break is so good. And then right before bed, if you can put on a song that's a little slower, a little more sultry, a little more soulful, you can get into some gentle joint circles and hip circles and maybe even getting onto your bed and exploring movement on top of your bed. Such a beautiful movement break. So little movement breaks feel like booster shots, feel like booster shots to joy. Yeah. The other things that bring me joy lately are play and play, playful, playful energy, playing in your life doesn't have to look uh, really structured you know, I will grab a pile of books or a pile of crystals or my journal or art supplies, which I haven't done lately, realistically, um, and let my mind just kind of wander as I pick things up and notice them as I read a random book. Like having a playful, nonlinear approach to um, just like idle, passive time, enjoying the things that you own, enjoying the things that you find beautiful. Uh, it can have a quality of play. And that can bring you to a much quieter place of appreciation and joy, but it certainly 
can tackle anxious thoughts and anxious states of being. So <laughs> if I may say, play with your toys. <laughs> We're adults, we have toys, we have things. And, you know, and tarot decks and stuff like that. But for you, it might be something else. It might be cooking, it might be drawing. Um, this is not about creating. This is about tactile play and noticing what you see and picking things up with your hands. It's not necessarily, I'm going to sit down and make a painting. I'm going to sit down and do a drawing. It's more idle than that. It's more passive than that. And I think in a world full of hyper productivity, passive play, passive expression, That is a dying art form. <laughs> That's something you would have experienced so much in the 80s and 90s, not so much in modern day life. But in fact, those boredom states, those pockets of pure spaciousness that you don't fill are actually really vital. They're actually really vital for your creative anchoring and for you to open up potential new pathway for a new thought or a new impulse. So don't be afraid of boredom if you can find it and you know sometimes especially nowadays intentionally we have to create space for something like that because otherwise it would never happen <laughs> so as i wind down on this little rumination about joy i i have this sense this feeling like i didn't even scratch the surface but that day um, at least will get you thinking about reconnecting to your joy state and harnessing the power of early spring to make that more, more here than it's been able to have been through the winter. And oh, the last thing I'll say, put on some color. I've been trying to wear not even trying, just been drawn to wear things in my wardrobe that aren't black because I really like to wear a lot of black. <laughs> Definitely a traditional East Coaster. Um, but putting on like color and fabrics has been really fun as well. I've grabbed like my very sheer purple scarf that I like to just carry around with me and wrap around cold shoulders or around my neck or lap when I'm working. And it just, oh, I love this purple. It's so beautiful. So Color, 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 color. So good for joy. I hope this message finds you well. This little podcast finds you well. And I hope you find something in your day, maybe inspired by something I've said or something you thought because of something I said. And um, <laughs> that horn will be the end of this podcast. <laughs> Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day, wherever you are, whenever you are. <laughs>